0: the more you can define your, the outcomes you're looking for, uh, the, the goals that you have, um, and spend that time investment up front, getting clear on that, the more satisfied you'll be with anything you do.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Buffs, brought to you by Frontify, and recorded pretty much between the bridges of the noisiest parts of downtown New York. Okay. Today we're joined by Devin Bramhall, the CEO of Animals, a remote content marketing agency. Um, Devin, I know you're based here in New York along with me. Great to have you. Thanks for joining.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, New York is a very interesting place to be right now. (laughs)
1: Yes, yes, definitely for all of 2020, Um, but super excited to have you. We love animals as a content marketing agency. I know you guys are remote um, based all over the world. We use you, I think for our Swiss, our Swiss headquarters too. So yeah, really happy, really happy with you guys. Um, Yeah. So how we normally like to start these out as you may or may not know is just asking you, you know, Something we ask everyone, what does brand mean to you?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, So to me, brand is, it isn't really something on like an object on a shelf. Um, I liken it to something a bit more human, right? Um, It's more of an impression, right? Like if you're a person and you walk up to a group of people you've never met before And you start talking to them, like, what's the impression that they get from you, right? Um, So for a brand, it's kind of a combination of things, right? It's the impression people get from your marketing and advertising, the experience they have with various touch points, like, you know, customer service staff, your website, um, you know, the service itself. Uh, all of that goes into people's overall impression of you as a brand and right. is really, uh, it's why it's so important to get all of those things right. Because if you get one right and they have a bad experience with another one of your touch points, some of those two things together, right, is going to be the brand, totally. not just the one thing.
1: Totally. It's the overall brand experience, something we hear more and more yeah. um is just you know that brand experience customer experience how easy it is for one touch point to take away from the whole thing. So yeah.
0: totally agree with you on that.
1: Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about animals then?
0: Yeah, so uh, we're a content marketing agency. We do content strategy uh, and content writing um typically in the form of long form blog posts, ebooks, white papers. And we help companies reduce their reliance on paid spend, um, develop their organic channels, uh, so that you know, ideally, they're getting traffic, uh, relevant traffic that is, from uh, from search, kind of a wheel they don't have to crank, right. You've got your paid channels, you've got your social media channels. Those are all channels you have to constantly feed. The idea with Mm -hmm. content is that if you're thoughtful about your strategy and you write really high quality content, right? um, They will show up when your potential buyers are looking for something related to your industry. They'll be grateful that you showed them how to do something or explain something to them or made them think about something in a new way. And when they're ready to buy, um, they'll therefore think of you first.
1: Yeah, I think um, that's definitely a differentiator what you mentioned the the quality of the content along the customer journey. I think every marketer or you know brand person or, or any consumer out there has seen bad content and I think marketers, a lot of them have put out bad content or maybe stuff that wasn't, you know, totally up to speed. And it makes you think, you know, like, Oh, is content marketing on the decline. I mean, it's like, you know, so many people are just putting stuff up there and gating it for lead generation, but that's not what you're seeing.
0: No. I mean, look, our mission as a company is to make the internet a more helpful place. Mm. And so it's sort of one company, one article at a time, improve, the uh, the answers that people are getting in search thus elevating the quality of the web as a whole right Mm -hmm. um and helping educate people that you know the the words that you put out there you know in these blog posts contribute to your brand and the impression people are having with your brand and whether or not people understand what your product is or what you're trying to achieve right Um, that really matters so If you're putting out content because you think you have to and you can't see I'm using air quotes, uh, that's not serving you. Then just don't do it. Like if you're going to do it poorly, don't do it at all, because it's better for people. It's better to have no impression than a bad impression. Right. Right. And less is more. Right. People are like, oh, I've got a rail. And like gone are the days where volume is the answer. It just isn't. You can write, if you write one really powerful post and are thoughtful about the way you distribute it, right? Mm -hmm. Get the most amount of eyeballs on it, get a lot of engagement on it, which hopefully then will make it rank in search and get more people sharing it, right? That's going to do so much more for you than trying to create, you know, 10 okay blog posts that even potentially no one will ever see.
1: Right. So you must have to be able to kind of understand your client's brands really well, you know, in order to be able to provide content that is high quality um, and, you know, contribute to their overall brand, like you said, and their brand experience and, and their brand reputation, you know, you're at the actual face of that creating content for, for companies.
0: Absolutely. What do, you,
1: what do you really need from a company to be able to create that first, you know, brand uh, content strategy?
0: Yeah. So, ultimately the thing, the most important thing is a goal, right? We need some sort of purpose to start from. Um, and I will say that given depending on the size of the company, sometimes the content that we're the work that we're doing with content is can sometimes help earlier stage companies develop their brand more, right. figure out, who they are, what their beliefs are, right? Like right. I often say, ideally, if a, if a company walks into us and they've got their style guide, they've done their brand positioning, um, they know who their competitors are, they understand their u- unique value proposition, um, they have their beliefs, they have their stance on their mm-hmm. industry and the world and they know what their message is. Great, mm-hmm. ideal scenario, we love that. We will yeah. use all of that, that makes you know an excellent experience. What's more common, is that they have some kind of mission, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, they're trying to get more traffic or they need to get more leads or whatever. They give us kind of a granular mission and it is in uh, researching how to serve that mission and coming up with Mm -hmm. content uh, that we can start to help them develop their stance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we'll, we'll do a sort of keyword analysis and say, okay, yeah, you have an opportunity in this like kind of keyword family and then help them develop a message um, within that. And then they may from that say, oh yeah, like I have, you know, a really strong opinion about this that I want to infuse in here. And then from that strong opinion, they may take that and, you know, end up putting it on their homepage and use that to reposition or pivot or whatever. Um, So, you know, it is a little bit of like I don't want to say chicken and egg, but there is a back and forth, right? Where mm-hmm. content can help you develop. Um, it can help a young brand um, become like know uh, know itself better. And it yeah. can help sort of an adolescent brand mature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that companies that identify that as an opportunity mm-hmm. um, tend to, I think be more successful, evolve better, right? Cause they're, they understand that like brand is like a very human, it's a very human thing. So right. it does evolve. It does change, right? Um, right. I, can, I can
1: imagine for sure, like smaller, medium sized companies who don't want to get into the whole brand thing yet. They just want to get leads or revenue or whatever. And then they come to you, they're like, Hey, we need leads and revenue. They they're forced to go through that, that brand kind of process. So that's really interesting. I mean, do you see, like, are the bigger companies that you work with? I mean, do they struggle with this kind of stuff at all? Is it more straightforward with them or?
0: That's a great question. I would say, you know, a a company that's top of mind is Amplitude. Mm -hmm. They're a company who really has, like, they they are very together, right? They Mm -hmm. know... Um, they know their product, they know their industry, they know where they fall in that industry. They have like, you know, they, you, they know what their um, they know the impact they want to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really good at creating campaigns, mm-hmm. but even in the time that we've worked with them, like they have, you know, changed position a little bit, they've evolved, they've matured. So like, I would say, you know, It doesn't really matter the size. I mean, you've seen huge companies try to even rebrand and like, you know, um, I'm failing on an example, obviously, because I'm on the spot, but um, (laughs) you know, I think it is again, like it's never, it's, I would say, yes, big, big companies, small companies, they all struggle. I think it's actually harder for bigger companies because their brand is probably more well-known. So any changes they make require shifting other people's mindsets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is more challenging. Whereas like a new company, you could probably change your mind like five times and yeah. nobody <laughs> would know, right? Or care for that matter. So yeah, that's
1: true. L- yeah. With the bigger companies, you're kind of more restricted to what they already have done. And um, Oh
0: my God. Like remember when Tropicana changed their logo like they changed all their packaging and everybody like they lost their minds people want bananas they're like how could you it's too modern there's no like personality in it like give us the old tropicana back it was like it was a it was a it was a bit of a thing right and that happens frequently right whereas like if tropicana was you know i don't know united colors of soda which you probably haven't even heard of yet i know about because they're big in brooklyn right now like nobody would probably notice Yet, because they're still growing. Hmm.
1: Interesting, good example. I have not heard of that that company. No, and yeah. I live in Brooklyn, so I'm just totally out of it. I don't, yeah. I don't leave my house very much,
0: though. I'll take a picture of it. The, there's a uh, there's a, <laughs> a what's it called? A, a billboard in my neighborhood. I just went to that. It's also really good soda, but anyway, sure. moving on.
1: Perfect. Um. So on the flip side, for the smaller companies, I know you briefly touched on this already. You know, what about the companies that don't have a strong brand? What do you do? You know, I think like, this is what you mentioned. Like you have to start kind of pulling it out of them a little bit.
0: Yeah. Let's look. It's you know, content very much can be a band aid for folks who don't know who they are yet, because. Writing is thinking, right? So uh, the more you're writing about um, your industry, right, whether it's educational, thought leadership, um, or you're describing the impact of your product through case studies, mm-hmm. your a story will start to emerge if you're paying attention, even barely paying attention, right? Um, so I think by going through that repeat process, content ends up being a little bit of a band-aid, starts to let you experiment with different messages early Mm -hmm. on, um, see what resonates with folks, see what people latch onto. And from there, you can take those kind of kernels and turn them into, say, oh yes, like this is what we really identify with, this is what our our audience identifies with. Then you can start to be um, more purposefully incorporate that into your brand to provide a greater definition of like who you are, right? Like, you know, uh, I am Devin Bramhall, but I'm more than my name, right? My name was chosen by my parents. So like, what does Devin Bramhall mean? Um, It means writer, it means marketer, it means an adventurer, right? Um, Storyteller, I wasn't always a storyteller, but I started writing, I started doing storytelling early in my career. And through those experiences, I was like, I'm a storyteller. And then I told the world I was a storyteller and guess what now, then everyone thought I was a storyteller. They used to ask mm-hmm. me to do storytelling events and, you know, teach at, at uh, general assembly storytelling mm-hmm. uh, seminars or whatever. It's like, but the writing and thinking came first. Right. Then came me telling people and then people told me, Oh, you're a storyteller. Can you do the storytelling stuff? And I was like, yeah, sure. Cool. So same <laughs> is true for smaller growing brands. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something really interesting you had said, actually, in our previous conversation, um, you had said that, you know, all things that fuel brand are measurable. You know, there's always the question about how do you measure brand? How do you measure the impact of brand? Um, So with you saying that, you know, all things that fuel a brand are measurable, therefore, brand is measurable, you know, how does that, apply to you you know how do you think about a time like when you have to connect you know brand roi revenue growth to what you're doing
0: yeah i mean look i think the people who don't know that you can measure brand are trying to like say like a they probably don't understand what brand is so they're like it's fonts and colors and you know a tagline and stuff no false that is not it's part of it right But that would be like me putting makeup on, right? And saying like, that's all that I am. It's just Mm -hmm. one part of it. Um, And the other side is like, they look, they try to look at brand as like an entity and say like, if X, then Y. But that's not how brand works because it's infused into your product, your marketing strategy, um, your operations, your vision, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So if you try to do like one-to-one measurement, it's never going to work. But if you are... Positioning your product in the market, right? You're evaluating your competitors. You're evaluating your target audience. You're trying to understand what their needs are, what holes need filling. And you position your product really well. Then you create a message that you experiment, you test, and you know resonate with people, right? You're going to sell more, right? You're going to sell yeah. more people are going to know about you. More people are going to like you because you did all that research. All that research is part of the brand. You're going to sell more, right? Versus people who are just you know who say okay brand doesn't matter and they go in and they're just like okay we want to do a ton like they do a ton of advertising right and they're like okay try to hit as many people as possible Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe they do because you can with you know you can target as many people as want digital advertising
1: Mm -hmm. can kind of
0: guarantee the number of people you're gonna see but are those people actually gonna convert right Right. so a great way to measure is to say okay what are the what is the conversion rate of my advertising and marketing pre- kind of brand definition, product position, Mm -hmm. all that, um, and post, right? Um, You know, and once you have all that in place and you're doing your content marketing, like you can measure content marketing, right? It may not be like, you know, it may, there is a little bit of relativity to it, but you can determine and create, like you can, you can measure how much traffic you're getting from various channels. You can also put things in, for example, content to help you understand, like uh, to give you some kind of conversion metric or some kind of more tangible metric. Like, did I get in? I mean,
1: I feel like half the reason people create content these days is because it is measurable.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's just about like, I think it's just about when you do something, make sure that you attach a measurement to it. You say Mm -hmm. like you as a company agree that we're going to associate this metric with this initiative and that's how we are going to measure whether or not it's successful. Right. We just published this big um, content marketing benchmark report because we get a lot of people asking us like, you know, what should we be measuring? What is average for our business, et cetera. But the end of the day, like it doesn't matter unless it works for your business. So like, I always encourage people, like look inside your own business, look at your own top level goals, mm-hmm. walk back from there and create, like determine and agree upon your own metrics, experiment to get them against them, measure against them, see if it works,
1: Right, if it doesn't
0: change course kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, what you mentioned earlier about pre and post kind of brand strategy, brand positioning, Um, a very smart, uh, CEO that I know once said, you know, branding should make your sales process more efficient. You know, people will know across the board who you are, what you stand for. They will have seen you already. So those dollars, you know, they're not always like you said, one-to-one measurable, but it should improve. Yeah. The, the velocity of your sales, basically.
0: I have to say my, like one of my friends and mentors, And the person I think, like, probably taught me the most about brand um, is this man named Doug Fox. And he was the one that really helped me understand early on the value, like, the tangible value of positioning and how that ties back Mm -hmm. to uh, sales. So, I actually, I'll share a blog post that he wrote on it, too. Like, it's just, and that's when it really became clear to me, like, oh, this is, like, it's much more tangible than it seems.
1: Right, right. So one of the big things that I definitely wanted to pick your brain about uh, is rebrands. I think it's a huge topic. Tons of people are rebranding last year and this year. I mean, we're seeing tons of rebranding just because people have different offerings and they've need they've needed to adapt and and change what they're even putting out there. So we're seeing kind of rebrands and and repositioning all over the place um, this year. Um, you know, how does that work with content marketing? You know, when you think about rebrands in general, and maybe, you know, we have a listener who is, um, you know, what do you have to think about from a content marketing perspective? Where do you start?
0: Yeah. So I think it depends on how, you know, dramatic the rebrand, right? Like, are you updating your logo or are you repositioning your product? Are you changing what your product is? Right. But for me, when I think of content's role in the um, in a rebrand, there's two benefits. One is it smooths the transition, right? Mm-hmm. So people, you know, Tropicana is that one example where people, like people don't like change just as right. a population, right? Like change is not generally. Um, yeah,
1: there's, there's always negative feedback about rebrands. Yeah.
0: Everyone. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, okay. You can use content um to kind of smooth that transmission and turn people who might have griped about it into people who end up evangelizing it um the other side of that is using uh content to make a rebrand more opportunistic so use it as an opportunity to get more traffic and attention to your company um i would say i have examples for both so on the opportunistic side like animals I would say we did not have a defined brand at all before um and so i worked with a designer to update our it began with a website update right but through that we updated our logo our colors um we started working on messaging a little bit uh and i used that rebrand to get a ton of traffic so it's like we launched in a year ago september we wrote a whole blog post about it. Right. And, um, you know, kind of use it as an opportunity to tell our story. And we got a huge spike in traffic that month, month, we got a spike in leads that month. Um, it was all because I was like, Hey, well, if we're going to do this thing, like let's capitalize on it. And I didn't even invest that much in the launch itself. Like we didn't do as much as we could have. We just did a little bit and there was a, um, a spike in traffic. I would say on the kind of smoothing things over side, like mm-hmm. when I was at Help Scout, it's actually pretty soon after I got there. They'd been working on a rebrand for, got a year. They were doing complete updates from product to, uh, I believe their website. Yeah, I mean it was everything. They redesigned their logo. Help Scout was a very well known, beloved brand. Um, it, it, put, particularly in the visuals and the writing, like people knew Greg Chiatti was the primary um, writer on the blog at the time. Like people really understood, like knew help scouts identity and mm-hmm. uh, loved them for it. So, you know, I spent, uh, I, I created a giant campaign starting from having our lead designer and co-founder write a very detailed story about the whole evolution of the brand from the very beginning because mm-hmm. PS they'd changed like they'd gone through several several evolutions and yeah. they were really thoughtful so they knew why for each one. So we wrote this whole history, tons of visuals, you know, very in-depth. People loved the blog post, right? Mm-hmm. Then I had them take we I mailed our new t-shirts to the team all over the world because they were remote and had them stand mm-hmm. in front of major landmarks. Uh, with their like new help scout t-shirt and we did a whole social media campaign with that. I got the co-founders together take these like group photos, told a story. I mean, it was, we had more blog posts, one from the CEO. Like I did, like there was so much, I just inundated people with how great this was, how cool this is. Look at our team. Everyone's involved. Isn't this awesome, man? (laughs) Everybody loved it. They're like congratulating (laughs) us left and right. They're like, this is amazing. Right. Um, Whereas if we hadn't really done all that, if we hadn't gotten ahead of it and said, Hey, this is how you should think about this. This is Mm -hmm. how you should feel about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If we hadn't done that, you know, possibly people might have been a little more persnickety and like, Oh, I don't like the way the curves over here and I don't like this color or whatever. We didn't. Well you're
1: also yeah you were showing also that it you know the company was bought into it as well and it was you know a reason to celebrate i mean so many times it's like people unveil a new logo or a new website and that's kind of it so i love that you put that you know human perspective behind it and told people you know the the way to feel about the rebrand i think that's really cool
0: yeah you fill um, the space you yeah. you, you feel the space and then you bring them in you welcome them into your house and you tell them the story, right? You set them down on the couch, you give them a cup of tea and a biscuit. And you're like, let me tell you the story. Right. And when people feel involved, they're naturally, uh, they're going to feel like they're on your team. Right. And therefore hopefully be a lot more supportive of it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've got one or two quick questions for you just to wrap up. Um, you know, I think rebrands, are huge. Content marketing is huge. Um, they're very visible. They're very important. Um, you know, it's really a key component of marketing. Um, when thinking about doing a rebrand and say we would hire you to help us with, you know, our content strategy for a rebrand that we're doing, you know, what are the other teams that are involved? You know, I could see working with you and coming up with a plan, but there's so many people involved, from a content perspective, you know, are you creating content for multiple teams? Are you more just, you know, working with internal teams to have one united front? Like, what is the what does the dynamic actually look like? It depends
0: on who, the size of the company that we're working with, and the budget, mm-hmm. basically. But um, I would say the potential people we'd be working with um, would be a PR team, mm-hmm. uh, design team, product marketing, customer support's a big one. You're pretty much almost always working with customer support in some capacity because they have to get involved in a rebrand, um, or someone isn't involved in customer support. I think they're doing it wrong. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different but it really depends, right? Maybe you don't have a PR team. Okay. Maybe you don't have, it's like, it depends. Um, but those are sort of the folks I could imagine being involved. Oftentimes probably the, um, maybe the ceo if they want to do some kind of like thought leadership piece or they want to talk about like historical stuff but primarily pr design product marketing customer support other people in the marketing team
1: makes sense okay so for our listeners who have listened to all of your great advice so far they feel like they know what they need to do they need great branding and content marketing what what takeaways do you have for people, you know, where can they start? What should they remember? You know, do you have any tips or advice for people who are listening right now?
0: Yeah, this is going to seem broad, but this is probably the best advice I could possibly give, which is just be really clear on your expectations, be clear on what you want and be clear on your expectations. Um, I think the more you can define your, the outcomes you're looking for, uh, the, the goals that you have, um, and spend that time investment up front, getting clear on that, the more satisfied you'll be with anything you do. I think a lot of times what we see from folks who are dissatisfied is they don't really know what they want. They have a very like, and you know, uh, and if they continue to not define it, they'll continue to get stuff. And if you don't, cause again, it's like, if you don't know mm-hmm. what, um, if you're trying to draw a picture, right? You don't know what you're going to draw and you keep drawing, you may not ever be happy with what you get to. Cause it's like, what were you trying to get to in the first place? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I want to draw an elephant. It's like, okay, what does an elephant look like? What are the characteristics that absolutely have to be in that drawing to make it an elephant, right? The long Mm -hmm. snout, the kind of humped body, et cetera. Um, So the same is true with any project you're working on, whether it's content marketing strategy, brand strategy, it's like, you have to be able to at least draw an outline and know what it should look like in order to have any type of satisfaction, to be able to measure it and to be able to then improve, right? Because if you're like, look, I wanna draw an elephant and you draw something that's sort of like, maybe it's missing the snout or something and someone looks at it, it's like, how do you know whether it is good or not, right? Um, and then you can say, oh, I tried drawing it, I did X. It doesn't look like an elephant. So next time I'm gonna do Y. Right. To yeah. make it look like an elephant. Um, yeah. So. I mean
1: that's it's really foundational, really simple but really important advice. So and a lot of
0: people don't do it. Yeah. So yeah. you know, keep going right. back to basics.
1: Yeah. Devin Bramhall, CEO of Animals, thank you so much for joining. This has okay. been great. Yeah. And uh yeah. we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much.
0: Cool. Thank you.
1: If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. Or visit frontify.com forward slash podcasts.